Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where we're vibing through the book 10 minutes at a time. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and in today's episode of The Move, we're talking about that time in the Bible where Noah had a little too much to drink and actually passed out butt naked at the family reunion. If you're wondering what in the world we're talking about, we're talking about Genesis chapter 9, verses 18 to 29. Um, Pastor Harold, I'm sure this is not the lesson or the point of this passage, but I can't help but think of when people say, but is that really biblical? how we can actually be like, yeah, apparently drunken nudity is biblical. And maybe we need to have a conversation on things that are prescriptive versus descriptive in the Bible. Oh, it's just like, it's yes. just, I don't know. This is just one of those weird parts of the Bible where it's like, Noah, like what's going on? You literally pass out drunk and why are you naked? And then the resulting effect is, I don't know. It's just so, it feels bizarre. So Anyways, I don't know. It's, from there, take it however you want because there's just so many interesting on-ramps to the conversation. It, it is. There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot going on <laughs> in this story. <laughs> um, and I think you, you hit on a really good point of uh, descriptive versus prescriptive. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think a lot of times we confuse um, the Bible and because... Uh, somebody in the Bible did it, then we do it. Right. 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 And, um, so I've always used this. I, it, it always strikes me funny and not to make a case about something. Sure. Uh, but it's always been, uh, whenever we get to the conversation of consumption of alcohol among Christians, right. Mm. Um, you always get this like, well, Jesus did it and the, the winning at Cana, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, great. You know what else Jesus did? He used sandals. He didn't get married. He was a carpenter. He hung on a cross. I don't see you doing any of those things. You're just wanting to, you know, mm, interesting. imbibe. Interesting. So, so uh-huh. Noah getting butt naked in the in the um, the family reunion. I don't know if it's a family reunion. I think it was just <laughs> it wasn't tent. a family. Was I just chilling. thought that that would be an interesting perspective. <laughs> yeah, it, but it was. It's a great image of him. Just he 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 planted grapes. Yeah, made some wine. Mm-hmm. Drank the wine. 
and got so drunk that he was, I don't know, naked, streaking. What was Noah yeah. doing? Uh, and and uh, I just find that so bizarre. Like that storyline is already interesting. So weird. But then there's this yeah. whole part of one of his kids finds him and then tells the other mm. kids. And then these other kids apparently are, are more respectful. Maybe there's some cultural things that I'm not aware of. But the other kids are more respectful. They cover him up. Noah wakes up, finds out what's going on, and then curses the kid who told the other kids. And I'm just like, dude, in, in my mm. mind, I'm like, Noah, why are you cursing? Well, for one, why are you cursing one of your own children? For two, it kind of yeah. feels like it was your fault. I mean, like, you drank the alcohol mm -hmm. and you were naked. Like, so why are you mad mm. at your child? And, and, and to be sure, it's like he curses, somehow he curses Canaan. Right, the, the son, son of, of Ham. Yeah, it's not even yeah, the kid who's responsible. He's cursing his grandchildren, right. he, I guess, or his grandchild. He curses his grandchild. Yeah, he curses his grandson, and then he blesses he blesses the other two that that covered him. Mm -hmm. So there are, again, again, as we've seen in already other parts of of Genesis, uh, there are options. Okay, and 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 this is something where I I, I find myself um, I find myself relieved that there are options. And that we don't necessarily have to find ourselves uh, landing exclusive. There are parts that you have to like land on one part, but there are sure. other parts that you can like this options. Okay. So um, option one is that he was just naked Got and, him. you know, and then Ham or Canaan um, seemingly call the brothers to mock their dad, you know, uh, to mock the old man. Hey, okay. look at grandpa. He's, you know, he's ha, ha, naked. Ha. Look at him. Ha ha. He's naked. Right. And and it and they're they're not just looking at at him naked, but they're they're making fun of 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 him and his, you know, whatever creates or whatever generates and it, it it's a very disrespectful thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. It's very um it's very unwise to do. It is really bad. Got it. Um especially within that context. The other is that there is something more sordid happening here. Um, that's another option that commentators have expressed and that commentators kind of try to see if this is the case where it could have been, um, there's one commentator, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Wait, I, I, let me, let me see if I can remember the name or I can see it. Yeah. It's Noam Sarna. Sorry. I, I had to check that. Uh, Noam Sarna in his commentary, he, he says that there's several options, but that of something more sordid and more dark happening there oh. and they go they go he his option is that there are other options according through the rabbis or whatever over time that it was either castration or even sodomy that that whoa that happened right so okay not just mere nakedness but again it's we like the text doesn't give us too much mm -hmm. but the text gives us enough to know that noah drank wine he passed out naked and then one of his sons or Canaan, somebody does something that it could have been super sorted or could have been within our Western culture, very innocuous, right? right. Ah, grandpa's naked. Ha ha. You know? Um, but within that cultural context, it's, it's terrible to the point that his other two sons have to come in and cover him. Hmm. So it really, but it is an odd story. It's one of those stories that you don't know. And then the interesting part is that Canaan is cursed to be a servant and then um blessed is the the blessing is not on on uh on shem and on japheth but on the god of shem and japheth huh. so almost like there's almost like this division that maybe ham is 
is already again going going a different direction hmm. than than Shem and Japheth. And once again, you're going to get into chapter 10, you're going to get into all these nations and you're going to get these two groups, right? That divide. Hmm. So it's it's a known story, but it's interesting that he finishes blessing the god of of Shem um and uh and the god of Japheth. Uh and he says Canaan be his servant. And may he dwell, uh, may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Um, and that's, and that basically closes sort of the story of Noah, who is the continuation of humanity at this point, right? You so, know, if, so if we read the story, yeah. So, so, so if I understand what's happening from what from what you're telling me, let me let me know if I'm I'm repeating this correctly. Um, something happened with the sons. There's maybe mixed reviews as to what exactly it was, but in the blessing and the yeah. curse, it seems to give us insight that something is happening, that the, the family tree is branching out. It's splintering a little bit. And there's yeah. clearly, for whatever reason, there's part of the family tree that seems to still be in keeping with the, 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 the ethics, the morals, the, the God of St. Mm. Noah and there's another mm -hmm. branch that seems to be emerging that is at least not in keeping with the ethics and morals, but maybe even seems to be suggesting that is a, uh, a departure away from the God of, mm. uh, of, of Noah. Is, is that, is that fair? I, yeah, I think that that's fair to pick up from the text. Um, as, as I've read it and as I look at it, uh, there's not a whole lot of extensive, uh, story going on in it. Uh, I mean, not a whole lot of extensive writing in it, uh, commentaries and this and that, but there seems to be already a departure, mm. uh, we could say, yeah. you know, a departure from, from, and this is, this is like, kind of like the strange, uh, not, not strange, but kind of like the sad route that we follow in the story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of just to give a bird's eye view again, um, God and humanity, Humanity breaks away. God comes to humanity. And then humanity still breaks away to the point that God has to do something about it. And he resets. He presses mm. the reset button, right? And then in that reset button, once again, it's a parallel of creation. Um, and, and it's almost like a mirroring of the first chapters. Because um, some commentators point out on how it's fruit and fruit, mm. right? So mm -hmm. in the first part of the story, that like there's an echo again. It's all like the hyperlinks that you've mentioned before here in 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 the move. The hyperlinks between the text. You go back right there. So so there's fruit that that was the cause of the fall, and now there's fruit involved. Interesting in, in Noah's fall, right? Huh. There is nakedness that showed up in chapter three, and wow. there is nakedness involved. Okay. There was covering in chapter three of you know the the lamb skins on the humans they lost something and there is covering hmm. here by the sons of noah and once again you're you're seeing as as things mirror once again that that there is a departure already because hmm. that's what's gonna spoiler alert that's what's gonna follow there's gonna be a departure again um between god that is restarting and humanity that once again is going to depart Mm -hmm. um and sort of do its own thing and 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 this is the dynamic that we're going to continue to see and follow throughout the rest of the story is god pursuing in a way is god coming to humanity and humanity always doing our best to say no no right 
and and this this mirror is there of like you know fruit nakedness da 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 covering and blessing and curse because once again in chapter three there was a curse right but in the middle of the curse if you go back to Genesis chapter three there is also this 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 promise hmm. right uh, the promise of progeny that I will give you a son and that and that he will wound it right so there again it's just a mirror it's a beautiful mirror of how the story is mirroring back. And, and, and putting us in this place of like, this is where Noah is, you know? That's so interesting. I never saw the parallels between this story and the creation story, mm -hmm. how there's the tree of life. Here's Noah with some fruit here. There's the mm -hmm. subsequent nakedness and the fall. And then there's mm -hmm. the reclothing. I, I never saw that before. And, and, and mm -hmm. this is something that we're seeing more and more and more, whether it's the episodes with you or in other episodes with uh, our, our other guests. But there's this repeating effect. There's this, it's mirroring back to the original story. And I, and I guess I haven't yet asked this question is, um, other than it just being interesting, the parallels, is there, what, what's the value of that? Uh, are we meant to learn something other than just like, oh yeah, that's exactly like the first story. Oh, oh there's a repeat or it sounds a lot like that story that we're going to see in several chapters later down the line. Um, one, it, it is interesting. I've never seen it that way before, but two, why does that matter? And why is this something that seems to be, I mean, it has to be done intentionally because it happens so frequently. And so I guess it just leads me to ask the question, like, why? Why is this being mirrored so frequently? Why is this a theme, a reoccurring theme? Why are these hyperlinks taking place so so often? Um, if I were to venture a guess, it would be because we need to, um, humanity's propensity of having a frail mind. Uh, what's what's your what's your wife's phone number, Justin? I don't know. To be completely uh, honest, <laughs> I haven't had to memorize a phone number since like the fourth grade. We have a propensity of having very like, especially nowadays, we really don't remember things. Mm. Right? That was that was a that, you went out on a ledge there. To, if, if I had known, that would have just destroyed your right. your, your illustration. Right. <laughs> It, it it would have, and and then at the same point, I was about to say, don't say it publicly because yeah, you know yeah. that would be odd. No, but weird. the reality is, I actually don't. I I, I mm -hmm. genuinely don't have it memorized. She knows mine. She's right. a much more because, uh, <laughs> thoughtful. Yeah, person. I know my wife's number. I know my wife's phone number, um, and my phone number. But the fact is that the day that I would lose my phone, yeah, um, to call you, I just I I look at your picture and I click on it. That's all yep. I got to do, and I don't yep. I don't remember. So the mind. Humanity has a propensity, it seems, of forgetting things, not just, mm. you know, we like to say now it's like, oh, you know, back then it was different. No, back then they had a limited amount of knowledge and the way that the mind worked was not necessarily in the analysis of the information, but it was like, okay, so this is the information we have and we worked in a lineal way. But nowadays we are required to do something more with the information that we have. We're, we're required to analyze it and to see it. That's called wisdom more than mm. just knowledge. Yeah. Right. And, and I, if I were to venture a guess as to why the, the Bible is written in the way that is written, it is so that we can always be reminded, perhaps even in this case of what happened initially mm. of the promise of gospel initially, because mm. that's really where it all goes back to. You right. always stem back to that promise of progeny as a, this really, uh, Ty Gibson calls it that the promise of progeny, and I love how he 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 points that out because that's really what it was. It was a promise of progeny that through the human, the the, the human lineage that had already broken away and that had ruined things. Hmm. Now 
God is going to, through the human lineage, fix what was broken. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and it always harkens back to that because all the hyperlinks are always tied to that. So it's not just, you know, you're right. A lot of times, I say, oh, that's interesting. I also would venture a guess that there is art involved. This is something that we sometimes miss um, in the, uh, we miss in the, uh, whatchamacallit, um, in reading the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Especially we forget as that, we do it when we read it like fortune cookies or Proverbs or whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We forget that this is art, that mm. when, you, when, when you go deep into the text and when you begin to peel yeah. off the layers of just reading it superficially, you begin to see that Moses and Isaiah and Paul and Matthew and Luke, uh, all all the biblical authors are artists that mm. are through the means of the word are telling us a story, and the story is is told in such a in such a way that it will make you laugh, it will make you cry. Um, it will make you think, it will yeah. make you ponder, it will make you remember, it will make you uh, do things because that's ultimately the purpose of the written word. So mm. it's not just a lineal, boring uh, shopping list. I like that. There's art involved. Yeah, there's there's art involved in how the book was written. You know, the the, yeah. the the movie scene that jumps to mind is every time that Cap uh, says his catchphrase, "I could do this all day," right? And it's like, well, why yeah, does he say yeah, that? Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is it just yeah. a thing that he says? It's like, yeah, it is kind of just a thing, but it, it's meant to highlight a, an attribute of his character that you know he's an he never quits. He's always going for it, and and even in in and this is the spoiler, right? Like when he goes back in time and he fights himself, and the wait what? The, the, yeah, right. The past self is like, <laughs> I can do this all day, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, there's an element of. All yeah, those times yeah, yeah. that he uses that phrase, there's an element of growth that is kind of called out subtly if yeah. you're paying attention. And then the yes. other part of it is it's just cool. Like maybe it's okay yeah. for it just to be interesting. Like you're saying, it's art in that it, there's these mm-hmm. repeating themes that are developed. Yes, we can learn something from it. And I think that the thing that we're, we're seeing in this, what you just highlighted is that the point is that God still comes through. That in mm. the way that Adam and Eve fell, God comes through in the way that Noah is falling in this way. God still comes through. And, and every time mm-hmm. that we see these echoes of other people's failures, we're meant to be reminded of God saying, I could do this all day. I'm coming back for you. I'm <laughs> never going to let you go. And, and I just yeah. think like, oh, that's cool. Like it's okay for it to be art as well as like still reminding us of God's promise. He, he is faithful even in our on in our own unfaithfulness. Yeah. Like he remains faithful. And that really is one of the main themes of scripture that in spite of the descriptions that you're like, again, you know, we've, we've talked about this, I think previously of prescriptive and descriptive. Mm-hmm. And in spite of the, the, the sometimes harrowing descriptions that you go, like there are some weird stories that are in the Bible, not just yep. in Genesis, just some stories that you're like, what just happened here? Yeah. That, you see that God is still faithful even in humanity's unfaithfulness. And that is one of the biggest themes hmm. of scripture. And and I, I love the art bit. You you just triggered a thought in my mind that, you know, a lot of times we have a tendency of looking at the at the Bibles, at the at the authors of the Bible. And we're like, ah, oh, you know, they were just these uncivilized, you know, uh <laughs> you know, Neanderthalian or, yeah, yeah, guys, absolutely. peasants, you know. And we forget that these were people that were skilled. Yeah. Like, you know, Moses, 
uh, author of the Pentateuch is he like he went to like university in Egypt. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he was he was he was he was there in the throne like in the throne line. Uh, Daniel was a guy that was trained in the University of Mesopotamia. Isaiah, with you look at the you look at you look at every single author, mm-hmm. and you get to see how they are just different and how poetic or how just it's beautiful so the text is beautiful even with the weird stories yeah yeah like this one just just to think that's such a helpful uh, reminder that those many and it's not true of all the writers like that you know but we i think you're right i have this default view that those who contributed to the to this to the to, to the canon were in some way just uneducated and it was a miracle that god worked mm-hmm. through them and and absolutely it was a miracle that god worked through them and good percentages of those who god chose to work through were actually talented mm-hmm. they were skillful and so to assume that there's there's only one layer of the text mm-hmm. is is misguided mm-hmm. that there there was right. beauty there was art there was even uh things that you should be reading between the lines and beneath the initial layer beneath the surface if you're wanting to be able mm-hmm. to truly tap into everything that the that the artist that the writer is intending to communicate through the story exactly and i think that that is one of the things that we you you've you've aptly pointed it out my friend is that we we sometimes oversimplify the biblical text mm-hmm. and we forget that god was using human beings in their full capacities and Ooh. he was not uh he was not channeling you know he, he wasn't channeled he wasn't just using them as if they were uh an empty pen mm-hmm. or an empty vessel mm-hmm. he was actually using the artistry the training and all the skill sets that a certain person had to write a certain passage because that's who god is like he gives us all these he gives us these abilities to do stuff right it, so it's the reason why even in the story of Noah, he picks a farmer to build a boat. Yeah. <laughs> like, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like he picks a farmer to build a boat. He picks fishermen to be apostles. So, mm-hmm. so there's this constant, there's this constant way of God using us with the talents that he's been given us with the, with the, with the training that we've had through with all our life's experiences, because he doesn't just, he doesn't just blanketly nullify that stuff in our lives. Right. You know, and even, even the wounds, man. Yeah. Like even the wounds. Even the scars. I, you know. I, I, I yeah. love that. It, I, my perspective has has often been that God works in spite of us, and and to be mm. true, that there's that's absolutely true, right? But yeah. you just said that God works through us in our full capacity. That's brilliant. I love that because yeah. every one of us has a unique story, unique set of giftings. And so it's not just that you are the sum total of all your weaknesses and mistakes and God is good and he's going to work through that. Right. It's also yeah. that you were created beautifully and fearfully made in the image of God and you were endowed with certain skills and attributes that are oh, unique man. to you. So the way that God will work through you should be unique and beautiful in its own way. He's going to work through you in exactly. your full capacity. I love that. That's so, it's, so that is It is. It is beautiful to, 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 to know that God, you know, you don't have to humiliate yourself to be mm-hmm. humble before God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm always not, listen, God uses the full potential of what he gave you. So th- mm-hmm. that is just the beauty. And it's like, live from that place, develop the talents you got, 
and don't get drunk on the grapes that you plant. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank, you tied it back in perfectly. I was just about to say, how in the world did we get from drunken nudity at the family barbecue to this mm. beautiful truth that God's going to work through you in your full capacity? That's awesome. Uh, Harold, thank yeah. you so much for the time, man. That's all we got for today. I am, I'm just loving it. This yeah. is so good. Who knew that we would end up here when we first open up the book? This is, this is exciting, and I can't wait for the next episode. Real quick before we go, I wanted to point out the shirt that you're wearing, Pastor Harold. Uh, not because I don't want to point out your face and how handsome you are, but the shirt on you was catching my eye as we were recording. What does that say? Because I know that that's a meaningful shirt to you. Yeah, um, this says that the opposite of poverty is not wealth. The opposite of poverty is justice. Um, that is a quote from uh, Brian Stevenson. Brian Stevenson is a attorney at law and um he has uh an organization called the um eji the equal justice initiative and it is um his whole story really would it would be a real blessing for anybody listening to this it would be a real blessing for you to go and buy the book just mercy and yeah. if you you don't want to buy the book, you can you can go and rent the movie or buy the movie Just Mercy. I would prefer the book because it is just it's one of those books that really impacted me and uh, has led me down a path of trying to understand the justice system, racial reconciliation, and all um, all the things that are tied to it. So, Equal Justice Initiative. Um, Brian Stevenson, Just Mercy. I, I think you will be immensely blessed just by watching the movie. Not yeah, to take that's, away... That's what the shirt is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not to take away from the, the, the value of what you said and the value of this, this book and film, but this is how... Another, another reason why I know that you're a nerd is because you're like, the book's always better than the movie. And yes, I'm <laughs> no, sure. No. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the book is fantastic. I've actually watched the movie with Emily and it was meaningful. Uh, it's, it's with... Um, what's his name? Um... Michael, Michael B. B. Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, and, it was, it was and, fantastic. Uh, oh, Great guy's name. Uh, the other guy. Uh, was it oh, Jamie Foxx? Oh, he, he, Jamie Foxx, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Really good movie. Fantastic movie. movie. I haven't yet gotten into the book yet, but maybe it's one of those things that I'll download on Audible and uh, enjoy you on should. my commute or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, go for Sweet. it. Sweet. So that's I, Just Mercy by who again? Yeah, Brian Stevenson. Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. We'll include links below this show or in the show notes if you want to check it out.